Teach Them Diligently, Episode 9. Oh God, you are my God, and I will ever praise you. I will seek you in the morning, and I will love Hey guys, Micah Rice here with Teach Them Diligently. So glad to be back with you. So glad you're listening to Teach Them Diligently. I'm so excited that we can uh, study together, that we can uh, sit down and have uh, this dialogue together. And I'm I'm glad you're listening. I hope you continue to uh, show others about the podcast, tell others about the podcast, share what we're doing on Facebook, share it on your social media. We're on Instagram now at Teach Them Diligently. Uh, So please uh, find us there and also just uh, share some great things that you have done in your classrooms or things you're trying your classrooms. I'd love to hear uh, what you're doing. So please do that. Reach out to me uh, at you shall teach them diligently at gmail.com. I'd love your feedback. We've also launched a new website. So just uh, check that out. Well, more details to come about that. But I, but tonight I wanted to talk about seven things that students want to know on the first day of class. And, and um, if you're an educator, you probably have somewhere on a bookshelf somewhere, or at least you have heard of uh, a great book called The First Days of School by Harry Wong. And uh, in, in it, he explains uh, kind of sometimes in list format, sometimes uh, in paragraph style about some things that teachers need to do on the first few days of school, how important establishing uh, good groundwork is and also how important it is to have rules, consistency, have procedures. Um, and it's a really great book for first-year teachers, but I always liked, in, when I was in the classroom, I always liked to review it at the beginning of the year to make sure I've checked off my list. Like, do I have this in place? Do I have a procedure for turning in papers? Do I have a plan for when students are absent? Do I have a plan when this discipline issue occurs? And it's a really great book. If you're an educator, you, like I said, you've probably heard of it. If you don't have it on your shelf, you at least heard of it. But the beginning of year, beginning of the school year is a very exciting time. Uh, we just completed our first full week of school in my secular work. And, and so uh, that, that's been exciting. You know, you, you get buses arriving. Parents are, are getting lots of information from the school and from the teachers. Teachers are excited. They're making those final preparations. Maybe they've already had open house. And so they're kind of getting everything ready to settle in. They're loving that first day, that excitement. It's exhilarating, that, that great uh, first week, first time here at school. And for students, maybe those in a new setting, it's really challenging. It can be very difficult. Uh, you, you look at a student, maybe that they change schools either by the feeder pattern or maybe their parents move. And so it's difficult for them in that first full week or first first day at school. And so it's important that as teachers, we establish some ground rules and we also establish um, some, some rapport with that student at the very beginning. And so as I was thinking about the first days of school and as I was thinking about some things that students want to know, I thought about Mr. Wong's book, The First Days of School. And in it, he explained that that teachers have to be prepared to answer seven questions because in every first day, in every student's mind, there are seven questions. They may not you know, verbalize these questions, but they have these questions in their mind. Now, if you're like us at our congregation, we we uh, are about to go through a quarter change. And it's really the beginning of a new quarter, but it's also the beginning of a new year for us. And so we in our teacher's workshop have been preparing for this and, and more to come on that. But but we've been preparing for 
the new students that they're about to get in their age level. So, for example, my son, Ethan, is about to transition from the K-1 class up to the second and third grade class. So not only is he changing classrooms, but he's also changing teachers to a new group of teachers. His makeup for his class is changing a little bit. And so there are some challenging questions that students have in their mind. Again, they may not verbalize these questions, but they're thinking about them. And so I think as teachers, it's important if we answer these seven questions and the first time we meet our students, we establish great rapport with them and we're going to have a great time in our class. We're going to have a very productive and a very engaging class. So I want you to think about these things. And again, this comes from Harry Wong's book, The First Days of School, but I think it applies to Bible class teachers. And so I want you to think about this. Uh, and I'll put this, put all these in the show notes, but uh, be, sh- be sure to, to pause it if you need to. Think about it, how it applies to your class. But again, picture a first-time student coming to your class. First question he wants to know is, am I in the right room? Am I in the right room? So the first day of class can be terrifying. You, you, what if you can't find your classroom? What if you come to a new school and you can't find your classroom? Or worse, you find a classroom, you think it's yours, you get there, and then you're in the wrong place. So as a Bible class teacher, make sure you're standing at the door. You're greeting students as they come in. Help them feel welcome by greeting them with a smile, with a handshake, with a fist bump, with a hug, whatever it is. Um, and I know my teachers for the in the teacher's workshop, my son's teacher, I'm very excited. She, she's already you know trying to make a great report with him. She's talking to him between class. She's talking to him after church. She's talking to him. She's giving him hugs and whatever it is. So she's establishing a good rapport so that he knows what room to find her, so where he can find her and where he's supposed to be. So if you have a classroom board, maybe, I don't know how large your congregation is. If Ours is uh, not huge, but it, there's still some change and, and change in where the students are going to meet their teacher. And so if you have a classroom board, list that information there. Um, make sure that everyone knows, but especially if there are visitors, make sure that you put an extra effort and especially if they're changing quarters, changing age groups, wherever it may be, make sure you're doing your job to meet them and answering that question. Am I in the right room? All right. The next question that a student has when he comes to your class or she comes to your class is, where am I supposed to sit? So you walk in and there are, you know, uh, seven to eight seats to choose from and you think, oh, that's just choice. But the problem is that the student is not sure what to do and they don't want to make a mistake. And so uh, this can cause a lot of anxiety for the student, but be sure to have a plan about where students will sit. If you already know your roster, if you already know who's going to be in your class, then go ahead and label those things. Put them on the table, put them on the desk so that they know where they're going to be so that students feel comfortable when they enter the room, so it's self-explanatory, so they come in, they settle in, and they're ready to go for whenever the bell rings or however you begin your class, whatever it may be, so that they know it's time to get going and I know where I'm supposed to be sitting. If possible, get a roster. Make sure you know who your students are. Again, in our teacher workshop, we've already been working on who's on our roster, who's who's coming to my class, what's my class going to be making, how many people are going to be in here. So get those names, make sure they're spelled correctly, list those names somehow, label them in student seating so the students walk in, oh, hey, hey, hi, uh, Joey, thank you for coming to class. Here's your seat right here. I've already got you things set up. And it's amazing how students will feel much more at ease. They'll feel more welcome when they come to your class and they see that you've prepared for them to be there. So answer that second question, which is, where am I supposed to sit? 
third question that students have, what are the rules for the classroom? Um, In your first class period, the first time you meet students, be sure to explain your expectations. Explain your expectations for, okay, when we come into class, this is where we sit. You put your things here. You get this activity. You begin in this way. Outline those expectations early. How are they expected to transition between activities? If you have, like my wife, a lot of times will have uh, a story center, she'll have a memory center, and then she'll have an activity center or a craft center. Well, if you have those centers in your classroom, be sure that you explain your expectations of how do we transition? How do we sit at the story center? What do we do when we line up to leave? How would they dismiss class? Will mom and dad come get you? Will you dismiss at the bell? Will I dismiss you? Make sure you lay those uh, those rules out quickly and uh, right out of the gate. First thing, first day, make sure you explain and answer that question for those students. Make sure you outline that plan in an age-appropriate way. You know How you explain this to second and third graders is going to be different than how you explain it to two and three-year-olds. But you explain how this is done and explain it to parents. Have clear expectations, clear procedures, and clear consequences if students misbehave. So be sure they're posted in your classroom and also be sure you contact parents and explain what your expectations are and what it should look like. Okay, so question number one, am I in the right room? Question number two, where am I supposed to sit? Question three, what are the rules for the classroom? Question four, what will we be doing this year? That's what a a secular class would ask, but the question might be, what will we be doing? What will we be doing this quarter? So As students enter your room, they're eager to learn. Now, they're excited about learning. They're excited to be in a new class. Show them the way. Show them the big picture. Show them how your piece of the story fits into the big picture of the Bible. Be sure to outline any memory work, anything that that you plan to give them to take home, anything you plan to give them to memorize with mom and dad. Be sure that you expect uh, what you expect of them, you explain. And make sure you give them the whole view of what you expect out of them. Help students familiarize themselves with what you have in mind as goals uh, so that they know, all right, this is what I seek to accomplish. This is what I'm planning to memorize by the end of this quarter. By the end of this class, this is what I should know. And explain that to mom and dad. So you answer this question fully as much as possible. Be sure to explain to students, this is what we're going to be learning this quarter. We're going to be learning about the beginning of God's people. We're going to be talking about Genesis. We're going to talk about things from the creation, and we're going to go all the way through to the end of Joseph. And we're going to tell the story of how God's people began, how they went to Egypt, and how they were left there as great people. But what happens next? Be sure to explain the whole picture and explain how it fits into the big story of the Bible. So that's question number four. What will we be doing this year or this quarter? Question five, how will I be graded? Now, I don't recommend that for for younger ages uh, in a Bible class. I also don't recommend you give them grades necessarily, even in older classes. But for congregational Bible class, this question might be better worded this way. How will mom and dad know how I'm doing? Students uh, know that mom and dad are dropping them off and picking them up, and they know you sit next to them in the pew, so to speak. So as congregations, we have to answer the question for our students, how will mom and dad know how I'm doing? Kids want to know how their success will be determined. But it's also important 
that it can be something as simple as an attendance chart or maybe some memory verse challenges, some interactive notebooks. Uh, and if you have questions about that, be sure to email me and ask me or listen to some previous episodes. But students simply want to know how their progress was measured. They want to know how you're going to relate that to mom and dad and, and so that it can explain, look what I learned in class today. Look what I did in class today. Look look how I did, look I completed this chart. Look how I did this thing. And so be sure to explain that to the students. Be sure to lay that out there so that they understand, hey, listen, this is, this is what we're going to present to mom and dad at the end of the quarter. This is what we're going to be doing so mom and dad know what you've done in Bible class. All right, so that was question five. Question six. Who is the teacher as a person? Now, so far we've, we've kind of answered questions that the students have really primarily about the class as a whole or the class as an assignment or the class academically, so to speak. But in this question, we're asking the student really wants to know, who is this person who's standing in front of me? Students want to know who their teacher is beyond simply Miss so-and-so or Mr. So-and-so, uh, Mr. Smith or Mr. Bill or whoever you, however you name that person. As Bible class teachers, we have to show students that we're real people, that we're people who are really trying to do the right thing. We're people who, who struggle just as they do, who deal with difficult situations They have to see us as a ray of hope, but also as real people who have real problems, who who have some things that we struggle with, some things that we need to pray about. Pray with them, cry with them, laugh with them, show them that you're real. But more importantly, show them that Jesus is real to you, that this is more than just an academic study that we have to memorize or we're supposed to know or we're supposed to cover the material. Be sure that they know that this is a real story that really affects you. We've been preparing in our teacher workshop about uh, for Genesis and something that we here at the, in this section, we've really been focusing on Joseph as a person, how Joseph had to have trust in God, but he had no reason to. We know the end of the story, but if we're really Joseph and really thinking about this, we might be questioning, wow, here I am. I, I, I'm left in prison. What's happened to me? But show the faith of Joseph. Show the, show the uh, passion of Joseph. Show the, the service of Joseph. Show him as a real person, but let that affect us and explain things from our perspective, from a really humanize Joseph and make him more than just a person that we read about in Genesis. So your, your students want to know, who is this teacher? Who is the teacher as a person? Seventh question. Will the teacher treat me as a human being? Now, again, this is coming from a secular standpoint. This is coming from, uh, you know, an, uh, an educator who works with children on a regular basis from all backgrounds, all walks of life. But this one should be easy for us to answer for your students. But because it's naturally assumed, sometimes we skip over the importance We know that we're going to treat students with respect. We know that we're going to treat them as humans. But students need to see our love. They need to see our our attention to detail, our attention to them as people. Be sure to show the love Christ has for your student. Be sure to show the love Christ has for you and the way that you are supposed to react to this student as a child of God. 
the way that you interact with the student is going to be reflective of how they view Christ, how they view God. And so it's important that you that you treat them with respect, that you treat them with kindness, and that you answer this question in their mind. Be kind, be lovely, be warm. They need that. Okay, I hope I hope that you have listened. I hope that you've been able to take away some things from uh, these seven questions that students want to know the answer to in the first time they come to your class. So again, I hope as you're preparing for your Bible class, maybe you're preparing for a quarter change or for a new group of students to come to your class, I hope you're, you're listening carefully, that you're thinking of these questions and you're thinking of ways to answer these questions in the mind of your students. And I hope that you continue to teach them diligently. Continue to listen to us. Thanks for the great feedback. Step by step you'll lead me and I will follow you all.